you're listening to the Wellness Kuchina Podcast, where I give you tips and tricks about getting your family involved in the kitchen and making delicious and nutritious meals with ease. I'm Celestina, a chef, registered dietitian nutritionist, and a lover of good food, especially pizza. Hey, Wellness Kuchina fam. This week, we are talking about meal prepping doesn't mean eating the same thing every day. Let's start out with some misconceptions about meal prepping. For me, the first thing that comes to mind is these perfectly portioned plastic boxes that are all lined in a row and they all have the same meals. The second thing is spending hours in the kitchen. And then the last and third misconception is boneless, skinless chicken breast, steamed broccoli, and brown rice is the end-all be-all to meal prepping. And let's be real. Eating the same thing every day is not only boring, but from a nutrition standpoint, it's not super good for you. So packing the same breakfast, the same snacks, and the same lunches every day, even if you change it up on a weekly basis, it's going to limit the nutrients that you're consuming, which is not ideal. So I always like to say, be sure that you eat the rainbow. This is a super easy strategy that actually most dietitians use, and they teach both kids and adults this concept. So consuming a wide variety of colorful fruits, colorful veggies, ensures that you get an abundance of different vitamins, minerals, and phytochemicals within your diet without really having to think about it and without having to supplement. So if you only eat orange vegetables, for example, so like carrots and sweet potatoes, you'll be getting a good amount of fiber, a good amount of vitamin A, and a good amount of vitamin C. But you'll be missing out on vitamin K, folate, and lutein, and those are all found in dark green vegetables, like in kale or broccoli. So not only will you potentially be missing out on nutrients, but it's been shown that a greater variety of healthy food items have been associated with being able to sustain a healthy weight for the long term. I really like to emphasize food groups instead of single foods. So what does that really mean? Instead of just choosing brown rice for every meal, consider other whole grains. There's a whole world out there, whether it be quinoa, farro, millet, barley, and in addition to whole grains and keeping with that, especially during the winter time, you can choose some really hearty winter squashes instead of a grain. So there's gonna be a ton of different options out there to ensure that you get the nutrients that you need without really having to think about it. Just eating a variety of different foods is the key there. Not only can you be missing out on a bunch of different nutrients, but it may also not be ideal for long-term gut health to eat the same thing every day. There's actually an interesting piece of research that suggests that limiting dietary diversity may actually be bad for your gut. If you want to read that whole article, the link is in the show notes. So let's break that down. What does that really mean? Dietary diversity, meaning that you're eating a variety of different things and not just a variety of different plants, but a variety of different grains, a variety of different proteins. So the research boils down to essentially that eating certain foods selectively nourishes a single species of the microbiota in the gut and then provides a competitive advantage over the others, meaning that you want to have a very diverse set of bacteria in your gut microbiome, and that just means your gut. But if you're just nourishing one species of that, it can take over, and that's not a good thing. So they've determined that a more varied diet can actually lead to a more rich and diverse gut microbiome, which for the long term are going to be indicators for healthy living and a healthy gut. Obviously, there still needs to be a lot more research done in this area of gut health, 
but this study only provides more reason to incorporate a variety of different produce and a variety of different foods into your diet. So now that we kind of understand the science behind it, I'm going to share with you my meal prepping tips that will help keep it interesting all week long. First off, if you're meal prepping for lunch, you wanna follow these steps pretty much to the T. It's gonna make it a lot easier and it'll help you ensure that you get a variety of different nutrients that you need throughout the week. If you're meal prepping to help make weeknight meals less challenging, use one to two of the steps below and you can always cook a protein or a veggie a la minute. So this is my key to meal prepping. It doesn't have to be super stressful. You don't have to think about certain recipes that you're gonna create. It can be really based off of what you have in your cupboard, what you have in your pantry, and what you have in your spice cabinet. This is gonna be super quick and super easy. So first off, I like to start with cooking grains. I highly recommend two to three grains or starches. Obviously, this, the amount that you're gonna prep is gonna be based off of how many people you're cooking for. So if you're cooking for one, scale it back. If you're cooking for two, scale it up. And then obviously if you're cooking for even more than that, scale it up exponentially as well. Remember, if you cook too much, you can always freeze it and use it the next week. So that's not an issue with these grains. So two to three different kinds of grains or starches. This can be quinoa, farro, and sweet potatoes, right? That, that kind of qualifies as all of that. I recommend going with the things that take the longest first. If you're doing brown rice, that takes about 40 minutes. So you wanna get that on first. Next, you might wanna do the sweet potatoes because they are gonna take longer in the oven and quinoa takes about 15 minutes. So that's what you're gonna cook next. At this point, you wanna add flavor to all of these. So your sweet potato, you probably just roast it whole because that's gonna be the easiest, fastest way to get it done. And then you can always add like cinnamon or nutmeg to finish it off when it's in the container. So it can be super yummy, super delicious. When you cook your grains, I highly recommend using a flavorful liquid. You can use juices, nectars, teas, or stock. I like to usually do a combination of some of them. So for example, throwing some black tea bags in with water and then maybe adding some peach nectar into that as well. In addition to flavorful liquids, you're gonna to wanna to add herbs and spices early on in the cooking process so that you can really flavor the grains. This is gonna make them really tasty, really delicious without too much effort. Once your greens are on and your starches are in the oven, I typically move on to roasting three different kinds of proteins. Here, I recommend choosing lean, whole cuts of meat. Chicken breast works really well, pork tenderloin, or salmon. And I also recommend using different herbs, spices, or even marinades on each protein. For example, if you only have chicken breasts that week, that's not ideal, but it's fine. You can use different herbs and spices together to make each of those different chicken breasts taste completely different. Although I don't recommend doing that, I really do recommend choosing three different proteins or at least two different proteins so that you can get some variation throughout your week. You can make them all taste really different. With salmon, for example, I really enjoy encrusting it in some whole grain mustard. It's really delicious and super easy. It adds a ton of flavor and all you have to do is squeeze the mustard out of the bottle and spread it onto the salmon before it goes into the oven. It gets a nice crispy texture and it feels like you put a lot of effort in when you probably put it together in under two minutes. With the pork tenderloin, I really recommend rolling it around in a spice combination of your choice. And with that said, to choose different spices together, you wanna to smell them together. Cause if they smell good, then they'll probably taste good. 
I like to say, if your nose knows, then it'll taste good. That's a really good way to start playing around with different proteins and becoming more familiar with getting them flavorful. I should also mention that I roast all of my proteins at 425 degrees. This is my go-to for everything. The outside gets nice and crispy while the inside stays nice and juicy. And this is pretty much the case all of the time. And if you are just meal prepping for one or two people, you can probably fit all of those proteins on one sheet tray. When they come out of the oven, to add an extra layer of flavor, I recommend using either citrus juice or citrus zest to finish off these proteins once they've cooled. It's gonna add so much more flavor without, again, having to do too much to it. So step three and the last step, roast or saute three different veggies. I always recommend whenever possible, use frozen veggies like carrots, broccoli, and cauliflower. These come pre-cut and they're gonna be probably more nutrition packed than some of the fresh veggies that we're buying in the store often. Using these is not only gonna cut down on prep time, but it's also gonna provide you with really good nutrition as well. So I recommend choosing a veggie or two that's gonna require minimal prep like these, and then maybe choosing one veggie that requires a little bit more prep, like dark leafy greens, asparagus, onions and peppers, etc. So this can help decrease the amount of time that you are actually cutting things in the kitchen, because this is typically where clients slow down, right? It gets too hard to cut veggies too quick, and this is where people get frustrated. So if you choose veggies that are already cut, some of these frozen veggies, it's gonna be so much easier to just get them in the oven cooking while you can prep out some of those other veggies that may take a little bit more time. It's good to note that you can put the veggies in the oven at the same time that you're cooking the meat. It may take a little bit longer if you have a smaller oven or if your oven doesn't maintain temperature very well. If you find that your oven is taking a little bit longer to cook all of these, bring the heat up to 450 while you have your veggies and your proteins in there and everything will cook pretty evenly, pretty quickly. Back to the roasted veggies. If you like them a little bit golden brown, you can always finish them off under the broiler for one to two minutes. I highly recommend watching them at this stage to ensure that they don't burn. And the time will vary based off of the oven. When roasting frozen veggies, I typically don't add olive oil initially. They kind of steam in the oven. So if you do choose to put them under the broiler, I would recommend adding olive oil before you do that. Toss them with herbs and spices and then finish them under the broiler once they're all coated in that mixture and they are gonna come out perfectly every time. This is my go-to for meal prepping. I mentioned earlier that if you are meal prepping specifically to have complete meals out throughout the week, follow every step. However, if you just wanna make meals easier throughout your weeknights, choose one or two of these. Often clients just prep out a ton of grains for the week so they have bulkier sides for their weeknight meals and they're not waiting 45 minutes for their brown rice to cook or for their sweet potatoes to cook off. Sometimes clients will cook proteins halfway through. So they'll cook chicken breasts for 15 minutes, for example, and then slice them ahead of time and then just reheat them in a pan so they don't take as long to cook. These are really good tactics to make weeknight meals super quick and super easy. If you are doing this for weeknight meals, I highly recommend cooking veggies the day of. They're just gonna hold up so much better than if they're sitting in the fridge for a couple of days. If you do wanna prep out your veggies ahead of time, that's totally okay. So prep them out, make sure they're chopped up, washed, whatever that looks like for you, just so that you can grab and go throughout the week. It's gonna make your life so much easier. 
So this method, using it fully, is going to give you 20 different combinations based off of the three grains, three proteins, and three veggies. So you're not only going to be satisfying your taste buds, but you're also ensuring that you're getting a variety of different nutrients that you need to be able to maintain good health. This is really like the key to it all. Obviously, it's going to be a little bit different based off of people's personal preferences and their families. And if you guys follow the link in the show notes, you can access my free ebook that provides all of the steps we talked about today. And it actually adds a little bit more in there as well. So if you feel like this is going to be a good fit for you and your family, I would try this out today. It's not a meal plan in the sense of like, this is what I'm eating right now. This is what I'm eating later. But this is going to be the guide that helps you get from not cooking at home to being a little bit more comfortable cooking at home on a regular basis. Thanks for listening. Be sure to reach out on Instagram at chef underscore RDN. Also follow me there for cooking tips, recipes, and IGTV videos that relate to the podcast. If you're interested in learning more about how you and your family can build stronger bonds while gaining kitchen confidence, schedule a complimentary call. Link is in the show notes. Have an awesome week, guys.